find ourselves um, back in ordinary time. The season of Christmas is over. Um, and so maybe it's helpful just at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of this ordinary time, to ask again the question, like, what are we doing here? What's the point? What's God doing? What are, what are we about ordinarily, right? Ordinary time is not normal. It's extraordinary. But this is kind of, yeah, and there's no special season going on. So what are we doing? Um, well, what's happening is God is saving the world. And the salvation of the world is going to flow through you. So he's not going to try to save the world without you. He's certainly not going to try to exclude you. But also that salvation is to flow through you, through your mind and heart and body and soul. And why does the world need saved? Because things are broken. Amen? Amen. Sin has entered the world. What is sin? The word sin means, uh, it means a scattering. So God desires to bring all things together in communion, in love and union. Sin scatters things apart. It shatters, it breaks. I broke my favorite drinking glass this morning. Terrible day. Worst, worst birthday I've ever had. Um, water drinking glass. I keep a, yeah, sorry. <laughs> this morning, you're like, Father, you're doing okay? <laughs> Breaking drinking glasses first thing in the morning on your birthday? Anyway, uh, I broke a glass today. And you know how that goes. Like, you broke it here, but there's pieces of it where? Everywhere. Just like everywhere possible. Like, it shatters. So what does sin do? It shatters and it scatters. What does God want to do? He wants to bring everything back together. So the movement of God, the activity of God in ordinary time is about uniting and bringing together. Now that happens in a very specific way. First off, it begins with God himself as a trinity. God is a union. He is a communion. He is in no way scattered or fractured. There's no division in him. No, God is the perfect union of love. Um, but because we need him, he came to be with us. That's why we celebrate Christmas, is because we need to be saved. So the Son of God comes down, he becomes one of us. And he does so only to bring us back into union with him. We begin this reading, uh, hearing about John the Baptist and Jesus and the Spirit coming to rest upon him. So, what the mission of the Trinity is right now, in the world and in you, is to unite yourself to Jesus. Jesus is trying to unite himself to you. And then the Father wants to pour out his Holy Spirit upon you. And the Spirit has one job, and that's to make you more and more like Jesus, to mold you and to shape you. Please notice, whose job is it to make you like Jesus? It's not yours. We cooperate with it, but it's not our job. And hopefully that's a relief. Because if I have to make myself into Jesus and be just like Jesus, I'm going to be really tired at the end of the day, yeah? Some of us have been trying really, 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 really hard to make ourselves like Jesus. Is it working? Maybe a little bit, yeah. But not because of our efforts. No, so our job is to receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's job is to shape you, to make you more and more like Jesus, to mold you into the likeness of Jesus. What is the Holy Spirit? That's a great question. It's one of my favorite questions. The Holy Spirit is the name of the love that God the Father has. His love is personal. It's another person. God the Father's love has a name, and it is the Holy Spirit. Which means, the love that God the Father has for you and for me, his love for you is so infinite that it is another person of the Trinity. It is the Holy Spirit. So how do you receive the Holy Spirit? It's by letting God the Father father you. It's by letting him love you. 
You might be tired of it by now, of me telling you that God loves you, but it's really important because that's our salvation, is receiving that love. So the Father pours out his Spirit, which is his love upon you. The Spirit makes you more and more like Jesus. You become more and more united to Jesus. That's called being holy. Being holy doesn't mean you do all the right things and everybody's like, wow, he or she's so holy. Also, being holy doesn't mean you're, you're married to somebody who's a real pain and they're like, wow, she must be really holy. She's a saint, you know? That's not holiness either. That's just bad luck, I guess. No, holiness is being united to Jesus so that you become like him. And again, that's not through doing cool things and having superpowers. That's in knowing that you're loved by a father. So to be holy means to belong to God. You can't be holy away from God. You can't make yourself holy. That doesn't even make sense. Holiness is being drawn into God by his love. And then something happens. Is that you have to tell somebody about it. Sometimes we priests spend time and effort trying to get you all to go get other people to come to church, right? Call that evangelization. We tell you, like, you need to go tell everybody about Jesus and get them to come to church. Sometimes we're like, ah, I don't know what I'd tell them, right? So what's the goal? No, the goal is just for you to fall in love so deeply with God that you can't help it. And even if you didn't say anything, they would see a glint in your eye and be like, hey, there's something different about you. Somebody came into my life, a buddy in college, totally changed my life. And he wasn't trying to, but he had fallen in love with God and God had affected him. And I was like, I want, I want what you have. I want to be like you. And it changed my life and here I am today. So the power that's, that saves the world is not us trying really hard to like convince people to come to church or something like that. No, it's falling in love with God so deeply that we just have to tell people. Paul, called to be apostle. He's called to be apostle through an encounter of God's love. That's why he did it. Not because he was guilty. Not because he was trying to prove that he was good enough for God. No, he had already tried that before and he gave that up. No, he just knew that he was infinitely loved and then he had to go tell the world. Okay, ordinary time. Again, what's it all about? Zoom it all the way back in. God the Father loves you with infinite love. That love's name is the Holy Spirit. You are already united with Jesus in your baptism. That's already happened. But the Holy Spirit wants to make you more and more like Jesus every day. We receive the Holy Spirit by surrendering ourselves to God the Father, who is our dad, because of your baptism, and letting him love us and father us every day to be a father to us. And eventually you become Jesus, and I become Jesus, and we draw other people in, and then Christ becomes all in all. He fills the world with his presence. So, welcome to Ordinary Time. It's about love, infinite love that's coming towards you. Um, just one last idea, and I'd like you to pray with this. In the beginning, Adam and Eve were with God. They were in union with God. God doesn't want you to be in union with him anymore. He wants you to be uh, in union in him. Meaning the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit don't want to walk beside you. No, they want to surround you so that you're in, that you're part of the Trinity, that they become your home. That you would be so in Jesus and united to Jesus that you would be in the Trinity itself. That you would become part of the life of God and you would dwell in him. That's what, that's what they desire. So if you're okay with it, I'd like you to invite the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to just totally surround you. That they would be your home.
that they would embrace you and your love and that you would just never leave, that they would keep you there forever, forever and ever. That's what we call heaven. But if you're okay with it, invite the Trinity to totally surround you, that you might belong to them and that they might be your home. <laughs>